Hey everyone, this is Klaus Kohlmeier, your host of Unconstrained Conversations. I'm sure all of you, my, including myself, uh, we can't wait to put 2020 behind us and start all over in 2021. I'm pretty sure 2021 will be much better than this very, very anxiety-ridden, stressful, very sad, horrible year that we've all encountered. Just a, um, a quick note on the many, many friends and colleagues uh, that have lost their jobs in hospitality over the last uh, 12 months that have endured extreme hardship like we've never seen before. Our thoughts and my thoughts are with you and uh, my sincere wishes that for next year you are going to re-find your calling and your passion and uh, a job that fulfills you. I had uh, issued a call to ask me anything to celebrate the end of the year. Uh, many of you have uh, responded to this call and have sent in your questions. And over the next uh, 15, 20 minutes or so, I will go through a select sample of these questions and answer them for you. Uh, the questions have been selected based on what I felt was pretty relevant, a reflection of the key issues and the key questions and key conversations we had in 2020 with a, an outlook of what's going to happen in 2021. I hope you enjoy this very special episode of Unconstrained Conversation. Let's go to the first question. All right, this question number one is from Kim from Hong Kong. Klaus, you talk a lot about data, but at a hotel, data is still in many different places. What developments do you see which will make it easier for me to get the data I need? Well, thanks, Kim, for sending in your question. And that is a question we have discussed, especially in the third and fourth quarter of 2021 with people like Isaac, Cindy from Calibri Labs, um, Calvin from Domeo, and a couple others. It is true that data is still all over the place in hotels, but I am really, really optimistic about what I'm seeing. We see new technologies coming out that are based on the cloud, and that means that the data is all sitting in a place that can be easily accessed, and the data can be easily accessed. The integrations that are being built now by technology vendors are much more capable and much more efficient and much easier to connect to than ever before. If you ever hear of APIs, that's the word you should use or listen to. The willingness of the vendors to work closer together has also greatly improved, especially during the last few months the vendor ecosystem and technology ecosystem has really worked together um, like never before to bring new solutions to the market. We've seen the emergence of marketplaces by companies like SiteMinder, Muse, Apaleo, which is a property management system, and Protel. And those marketplaces are apps um, and companies that are already sitting with data integrations on those marketplaces, and you can just download them, install them. It's really plug and play, and that's where we're going to move to. So yes, data is more is still unstructured and is sitting in silos in hotels today. However, I feel that we're accelerating the innovation and the capabilities of integrating and accessing data. And I feel over the next couple of years that will uh, the silos in hotels will um, will start to diminish, if not disappear. Next question number two from Stephen from the U.S. Thanks, Stephen, for mailing in your question. You were actually the first one who sent me one. So congratulations. Stephen asks, the decreased demand of the pandemic has obviously driven rates down across all hotels, which sadly is true. 
As the recovery continues, how quickly of a rate hike do you think the market will actually accept? And Steve continues, in other words, industry forecasters are showing up to 10% year-on-year growth starting in 22 through 24 in what I think is an effort to get back to 2019 levels. Steve says he realizes that hotels will quickly want to get back to their normal pre-pandemic retail rates, but since rates will be down for almost a full year, I'm not sure the market is just willing to accept those kind of price jumps year on year, especially if they were one of the few travelers during the pandemic. Even less likely to accept a 10% price hike 2022 to 2023. What do you think? Steve raises a really, really good point that we have stressed over and over again, not just over the last 12 months, but over the last 10 years or 15 years, that whenever you reduce a price or whenever a hotel or a business reduces the price, it is incredibly hard to put that price or get back to where you were before. In 2008, the hotels that reduced the prices took a long, long time to get their prices back. In some instances, five, six or five or six years or longer to get back to their pre-crisis, pre-recession, um, pre-recession price levels. So you're asking a very good question. What do we do and how will travelers react? Well, I think there's a couple things. One, not all hotels have reduced prices. We have actually seen, especially over the summers, hotels in many cases uh, in leisure destinations, um, drive-to destinations, maintain or increase their rates. I've heard of examples where three-star hotels have charged more this year than last year because they were able to capture a lot of the drive-to market, especially in the U.S. um, and in Europe. So not every hotel has reduced the prices. But yes, if you have reduced your rates, you need to think very carefully how you're going to set your rates going forward. And um, what I would recommend is rather set your rates, um, get on that journey of pre-normal or, or back to normal as fast as you can. A rate increase from 2022 to 23 will definitely be more difficult than from 2020 to 2021. So it all depends, obviously, on your market and your demand and the situation that you're finding yourself in. But if I would be in the shoes of a revenue manager, I would probably say, let me try as soon as the restrictions get lifted, the vaccine get distributed, people are starting to travel again, which is probably going to be in the second quarter um, or late second quarter, early third quarter of 2021. Let me make sure that my rates reflect the start of the journey where I want to end up in 2022 and 2023. So you're not continuously trying to chase 2019. And the last thing I want to say to that is what is normal? Is 2019 normal or is what we're going to experience going forward normal? Uh, Let's not focus so much on what happened in 2019, 2018. We were at the top of our game. Economies were strong. Travel was strong. People were out spending money. Maybe that is not the normal that we are, that we should be looking at. This is a new day. Let's start from zero. Let's try to to get to the best possible outcome within the economic and business environment and hotel environment that we're in today. And let's not so much focus on 2019 and the past. I hope, Steve, that answers your question. All right. Question number three comes from India. Rahul has sent in a question that I get frequently asked and that we at Ideas have been trying to help our clients and the wider industry to answer as good as we can. Rahul writes, thank you for your insights this year, Klaus. I've really enjoyed the unconstrained conversations. 
I have a hard time convincing my general manager and owner of the value of revenue management and a revenue management system. What are the best arguments you can recommend? Well, we've heard many, 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 many instances, people questioning the revenue, the revenue management technology, revenue management capabilities and values. We've heard a lot of talk about you know, historical data not being relevant or just should, should just be thrown out the window. I would say that, yes, there is some truth to that. And I've said that in the past, that if you look at uh, maybe 10 years ago, a revenue management system that focuses on inventory management and uh, focuses on high demand periods would probably not be or would definitely not be relevant um, in the current times. However, revenue management systems have changed. And uh, the, the, the new and, and modern revenue management technologies, they really focus on understanding um, propensity to buy, customer sensitivity or price sensitivity. Um, they're able to adapt very quickly to understand new cancellations or booking behaviors, trends uh, in forecasting and segmentation and channels, um, uh, uh, even if they are trends that have not been observed before. Um, and shifts in competitive pricing. Uh, they help you establish that optimal pricing um, and price point, even if you have only 20 or 30 percent. Um, and they're unconstrained by manual controls um, and help you manage and optimize your business, even when you're not around or when you're spending your time on something else, like many revenue managers are doing today. So I would say, um, what does a revenue management system bring? It brings you aggregated, consolidated data you can trust. The revenue management system pulls in data from many different sources and gives you a, a point of access to data that you can trust and maybe a single point of the truth in data that you're looking for. Second one, it helps you aggregate that data and establish a forecast. Yes, it will maybe look at some historical patterns. It will still look at seasonality because even in low demand periods, seasonality is relevant. Um, but not to the extent that it was before. But more importantly, it will detect microtrends in demand shifts as they, as they happen in the future. And you, as a revenue manager, might not be able to detect those trends, but the revenue management system will pick up on those very, very quickly. And um, as you have uh, shorter lead times and have you have, as you have very uh, flexible and higher dynamic uh, environments in your booking patterns, uh, the system is able to react very, very quickly to these changes and establish the optimal price point for you, even though, even before you have uh, realized these changes are happening. And then thirdly, the system is able to send these prices to all your different channels automatically um, and become um, your kind of your hub for your pricing decisions, but also for your for the pricing decisions being fed to the channels. So while a lot of revenue managers have been asked to take on additional responsibilities, the revenue management tools and systems are now seen as a critical component um, to help revenue managers be able to focus on other things, not, uh, not have them spend time on reporting and aggregating data and forecasting manually, um, but really allow them to think strategically about the future. And the last point I want to say here is the, the companies, and we have seen many companies this year investing even more aggressively in revenue management technology and systems than in the past. And the companies that have done that are currently working on positioning themselves to be perfectly priced when demand comes back in 2021. So those companies are spending effort and money and focusing right now 
on being ready for when demand comes back. So those companies have realized that revenue management technology is a core component of the future competitive advantage and competitive differentiation. And they're not the ones saying what is revenue management worth or what is revenue management system, what are revenue management systems worth. They are saying we know that revenue management technology is one of our most critical items that we can invest in today in order to have the best possible outcomes in the future. All right, next question from Christy from Singapore. Christy says, in Singapore, in Asia Pacific, really, we see business starting to come back and COVID under reasonable control. Can you tell me about your thoughts about a more international recovery and how to prepare for that? You are absolutely right, Christy. We should all be very hopeful and very excited for the coming months or maybe Q2, Q3 in 2021. Vaccines are getting approved. Delivery is starting. United, Lufthansa, and others have announced the adoption of an app called Common Pass to allow for efficient uh, vetting and control of people uh, that are COVID uh, negative or maybe in the future have been vaccinated. Australia, New Zealand, and as you know, Hong Kong and Singapore have announced travel bubbles already. And I think we'll see those bubbles emerging um, more and more around the world. So we'll really be in a phased recovery over the next, um, I would say, 12 to 18 months. I also would say upfront that it's probably going to be very, very messy. You're going to have people that are negative, people that have COVID, had COVID, COVID and um, can travel, people that will have been vaccinated, people that will not have been vaccinated. So the question really is, from a business perspective, what procedures and protocols do you have in place to make sure that your staff and your other guests and your and, and everyone within your environment um, is safe and protected? What do you do with people that are not vaccinated? What do you do with people that are vaccinated? The, the negative cases, the people that have COVID, and how do you manage all these scenarios? So that's, first of all, operationally going to be very, very complicated, pretty messy, probably until early 2022. I think we'll see a very, very quick recovery um, starting with domestic travel, obviously in Singapore, not much domestic travel. Um, the travel will become regionally very quick. We've seen the bubbles between or the, the travel uh, restrictions being lifted between Hong Kong and Singapore. So regional travel, Singapore, Thailand, Singapore, Indonesia, Singapore, Hong Kong, and so forth will start to grow very, very quickly. Um, then we'll branch into the international markets. Uh, Singapore, Europe, uh, and Singapore, US, and Singapore, China probably will happen uh, fairly quickly in Q3, Q4 um, from a travel pattern. And I think then we'll also look at the industries that will recover first. Manufacturing, Singapore has a lot of oil business, um, medis medical, um, medical manufacturing, construction businesses, um, transportation businesses will all recover fairly quickly. And, um, you as a business have to um, analyze and understand and strategize how you're going to tap and work, especially with the industries that are coming, that are, that are going to come back first. And how do you leverage um, uh, what, what, what promotions, packages, offers do you put in front of those particular industries and segments? Um, when we talk about segments, leisure and business, um, Depending on the market, probably in Singapore, we have seen the meetings and events um, uh, market to start or be restarted uh, with hybrid events. So we can probably see these events uh, growing over time. 
Um, leisure travel will probably come back first in many, um, many places around the world, as we've seen last summer. Um, I, I think business travel is probably going to, to restart quicker than we think, because as I understand it, and, and from my conversations, we've seen a lot of business people wanting to get back on the plane and meet with clients and prospects face to face. So um, I am very hopeful because I'm a glass half full person that um, come Q2 2021, uh, we will see some business travel, but mostly leisure travel uh, in domestic and regional shape. By Q3, we'll see very, very big bounce and bump up for the summer travel. And then in September, we'll see, a, I think, a massive wave of uh, business travel starting to come back, which will lead then to a probably, hopefully, um, pretty solid recover, recovery by the end of the year and into 2022. So as you put all that together, I would say focus on um, analyze and focus on the industries that will make the biggest and fastest recovery. Focus on the offers for your regional domestic um, markets first. Think about hybrid meetings, how you can enable them and help uh, coordinate them and, and keep them safe. And then as you're doing that, plan for Q3, Q4 next year uh, for the other areas, international travel, business travel to come back. All right, two more questions to go. Next question is from Thierry from France. Magnifique France. Uh, Terry is asking, what are the best ways of dealing with the very difficult economic situation that you've seen? Any good examples? Well, Thierry, how about 31 episodes of Unconstrained Conversations as an excellent example to understand how people are dealing with the COVID-19 crisis? But joking aside, I think uh, there's a couple of things that uh, have come up uh, over the last few months of talking to people both on the podcast and off the podcast. One, you really have to start from zero. And I'm thinking back of my conversation with the CEO of Remington Hotel, Sloan Dean, who talks about day zero as the starting point. Day zero means you're at a certain level today. Tomorrow, you're going to hopefully see some advancements and some improvements. And then every day you see more improvements. So you plan from the zero perspective or day zero perspective, and don't look back and, uh, and into 2019 um, and how you get back to how you get back to the 2019 levels, which were a complete different economic environment and business environment. Look at the current situation. Look at your competitors. Look at your market segmentation. Look at what the data is telling you at a very granular level, and look at how you're pulling all these information pieces together in a strategy that you will hope will achieve the best possible outcome for the next six to 12 months, um, or maybe six to nine months, because anything beyond six months at this point is very difficult to forecast anyway. So don't look at 2019, look into 2020, 21. As I told uh, Christy from, from Singapore before, uh, look at, understand the industries that are going to come back first, the customer segments that are going to come back first, um, the mode of transportation, domestic, regional, international, what the phases of recovery are going to be, and then formulate your strategy um, with a forward-looking mindset, not so much 
with a historical mindset. Your competitors uh, might be completely different now than they than they used to be. If you're a five star hotel, um, maybe now you're competing on some in some dates with um, long stay uh, apartments more so than you have in the past. Or because your rates are much lower, sometimes you might be competing with a four star hotel now than you have in the past. Or if you're a four star hotel, you might be or a three star hotel, you might be competing with a five star hotel on certain dates when occupancy is low and everyone is um, um, is uh, everyone's rate levels are more aligned. So uh, I think I hope these tips give you a um, some good advice. I would really recommend you listen to conversations that I had with Calvin about um, the insights in data with Isaac about data with uh, Sloan Dean when we talked about day zero and these concepts. Um, the conversation that I had with the New York Palace um, Hotel about reopening and restarting and the strategies that they have put in place. And also with um, Ian Ganner from New Zealand. Um, New Zealand obviously has done very, very well. He's ahead of the curve and understand what, what they're doing and how they're approaching um, the post-COVID uh, period that they're already in. Thanks, Thierry, for your question. All right, the last question from the US. Karen writes, my favorite question, what are you most excited about for 2021? Thank you, Karen. A very fitting question to end the uh, uh, Unconstrained Conversation podcast um, holiday special. I am uh, most excited about everyone staying safe and healthy. That's the first thing. Um, everyone be careful out there. Make sure that you um, uh, do the right things that are appropriate for you, that you manage the risk and the exposures um, and stay healthy. But what I'm really excited about is being able to travel. I haven't seen my family in Europe and my parents in Europe for the last um, about 12 months. I think the first thing I would do is get in the plane, go to Europe, see my family, see my brother, my sister, and my uh, two parents. Then the next thing I am uh, very excited about is rec reconnecting face-to-face -face with the industry. I'm looking forward to seeing my um, uh, network and my colleagues around the world, uh, my many ideas colleagues. I'm uh, excited about attending some conferences uh, in person, face-to-face, -face, speak at some events. And I'm really excited to start seeing Travel Rebound and starting to see the recovery, which I think is going to happen as of Q2, uh, early Q3 in 2021. As I said, I think 2021 will still be a very messy year. It will be a very confusing year. It will be a very hard year for many, many people. But it will be the year of recovery. We are coming back out of this. Things are going to get better as of um, March, April. We will see, I think, some very strong travel in the summer, including hopefully myself. And uh, we will see some business travel starting to come back as of um, September and Q3, Q4 next year. So I know this has been an extremely difficult year for everyone. Um, never would have anyone imagined a year like this to happen or we would ever live through a period like this. I am encouraged for 2021. I hope uh, all of you get to spend um, some time with your family and loved ones over the holidays. If you're celebrating the holidays, um, take some rest, uh, relax a little bit, take some time out after all that craziness of the last few years. And we'll talk again in 2021 when we will we'll continue the next few episodes of Unconstrained Conversations. Thanks again for listening. 
Appreciate all your questions and inputs. Make sure you subscribe. We have some great episodes lined up for next year. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.